When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Brought to you by the great people over at TeachHoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, Go over and check it out. A 14-day free trial. I can't imagine a better time leading into the season, end of August, um, to go over and check it out. Um, it's got everything that you would want. I mean, I start. I started it for you, um, thinking that well, you know, what what do coaches need? They need a community to bounce ideas off. They need um, help when they have questions, which is me or our office hours. They they need resources. They they need somewhere to go to become a better basketball coach. And that's why I started teachhoops.com. So go over and check it out, 14-day free trial. Uh, let me, again, we're doing a clinic here. This is building the program from top to bottom. Um, again, let me apologize for the audio. It is what it is. I, I, again, think it's important enough to get it out there. Show notes are down below. So you can click on that and get all the show notes, the things that coaches are talking about. Um, those are down and down below. So just click on that and um, I will email them to you. Um, yeah, and then make sure you subscribe and like. That's what allows us to keep this uh, this train a moving. Um, have a great beginning of the fall, I guess it is. I uh, just kind of add the, but I've got a lot that I want to share with you. And even after this is over, if I can share anything with you, I'm wide open. I was talking to Coach Kelly right before the break there, and he said something that I think is true. It seems like football coaches are a lot more willing to share than us basketball coaches. We think that we have some supersonic play that's going to work and we don't want nobody to know about it. Um, I found just the opposite. Yes, um, is there anyone that needs one of the, um, the, what I'm talking about here? It's got some stuff in it that I, I'm not gonna get to cover because I'm gonna be on lack of time. I'm gonna be flying because I put a whole lot in here. I broke my own rules. I have kind of a, um interesting background, I guess. Um, my, I played at UNCG um, back in the late, late 80s, early 90s, and I have been coaching 24, 25 years on different levels. I've coached rec, I've coached at the Y, I did upward this year during my season. I've done um, girls basketball. I started with Darlene Joyner over at Northwest. I coached with Lee Revis at Glenn. I've done JV at Smith. I did middle school at Lincoln. We, we lost four games in five years. 
So until I came to Southwest, I'd never really built it myself. And it's been quite the experience, to say the least. And it's kind of funny. My AD and my principal used to hate it when I'd say this, but Southwest was the most mediocre, average place I had ever been a part of. I, I told them that if they blindfolded you and put you in there and took the blindfold off, you wouldn't know where you were at. It was just white walls. It was just, um, I mean, that, when I got there, it was softball, I mean, soccer, softball, wrestling, and baseball. I mean, that's all everybody talked about. We'd lose games, and everybody was like, good job, coach. You know, they're patting me on the back, and you tried. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? We, we just got killed. And that's kind of the way it was those first few years. The very first year, we were 14 and 14. So um, um, let me just go back a minute. Um, the picture on the right there is a picture, and if, if you could see it up close, the picture on my face kind of said it all. That's Coach Blasney that I was hugging. That was the last few seconds of the state championship last year. Um, it was just a journey. You know, when we first started off, we all talk about buy-in. We all talk about all of the little things that we want to, to have our program to become. And, you know, I don't know what's come first, the chicken or the egg. All I know is it makes a decent sandwich. But uh, I think what I found along the way was um, it, it, no matter, and I'm going to say this a few times, it, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, it's always a grind. So last year, we, we went 28-3. and three. Um, 21 of the games were wins by 19 points or more. Um, I think we had five close games and the three losses. And the three losses were to Greensboro Day, who was top five in the state, Westland, who was top five in the state, and Northwest Guilford, who was top 10 in the state, regardless of class. So um, we had to build to that point. Um, and there, Coach Kelly, I watched for years. I remember him coming right after I graduated over, he'd bring Tim Jr. when he's in like fifth, sixth grade, and they're playing at these camps and all of the, um, I would just watch him. And he just kind of built and built and built. And so I'm, I'm just gonna warn you now, I've got big feet, so I step on toes a little bit. I don't mean nothing by it. So some of the stuff Coach Sherry said and some of the stuff Coach said, excellent stuff. I was back there nodding my head. I was ready to give my offerings like we were in church because you were preaching. But I, I think that um, through my experiences, um, I came in, I coached travel ball, I had a group of uh, ninth graders, we went in ranked 122nd, we came out ranked 17th, if we had won one more game, we would have played Dwight Howstein, who was already 6'10 um, as a freshman, 6'9, and they had Randolph Morris, who was 6'11, and my kids wanted no part of it, they wouldn't tell me. So they stayed out there all night to make sure we didn't play and had no energy the next game, and we ended up 17th instead of 7th. But at the end of the day, through all my experiences, when I got to Southwest, I had no idea what I was in store for. And high school basketball is a little different than the travel ball and all this other stuff. You can't recruit like college. You don't pay them salary like the pros. And supposedly, we get who we get. But um, that's another story for another day. But in that, that picture, it was just relief. You know, I thought that I was going to jump on the table and it was going to be all this dance. And it was just the opposite. I, I was just kind of... Um, we had nothing, and we won the game, 73 to 49. So it was not like it was a grind out game. I mean, the first quarter was close, and then it kind of, the wheels fell off. And I'll kind of explain why during, um, during my speech here. So I'm gonna show a couple clips. This was a clip when um, this guy, Coach, um, Mr. Cerisi, he helped us um, up, go back if you would. I don't know why it didn't play, but I was gonna show you the shot that we played the regionals. We played Butler. Um, and it was, uh, um, they had been ahead the whole game, and of course it's not going to play now because it's supposed to. 
Um, they've been ahead the whole game. They were big enough at every position, and they're a pretty big team. But long story short, um, we had a kid come down, and it's just acting like it's not going to act right. Wow. I tested this up until 11.30 last night to make sure it worked. And if not, I can, um, if you're, um, basically the kid came down. Um, my assistant coach, Will Price, who used to play at Andrews years ago, um, I was going to take this kid out. And he says, don't take him out. He can hit a shot. And I was like, I got some other guys to hit a shot, but okay, coach, I, I trust you. And long story short, um, my point guard drives to the basket. He kicks it back out to his brother. And I had three brothers on the same team. So the twins, older brother, who's now the starting point guard at A&T. And you can just go ahead to the next um, slide and it'll show you. He took the shot there and that's where he hit it. So um, I, I've learned trust over the time. And um, I tr that's Will back behind the official there besides Cooper who hit the shot. And but that last picture just kind of showed the relief of all the years of building at that point. If you go ahead to the next slide. Um, this one here, hopefully this won't play, but that one probably won't play either. All right, we got to Raleigh, and Leesville Roads probably we pulled up to the wrong place to go in. Leesville Roads there, and they were heckling on us and booing and everything, so I just kind of egged them on, me being me. And then, um, basically, I've been competitive on my life, and that really comes from my mind. So, um, I just kind of messed with them a little bit, and then, you see it come up here, I was just telling them that I, I, I love motivation. To me, you're either inspiration or motivation. I'm gonna, um, um, basically, I, was, I, I almost looked for a reason for you to make me mad so that I can have something extra to tell my team, to, to give them something to, to fight. And I know at Southwest, um, we just don't get a lot of fighters. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, kids get a seat, they're like, yes, I passed. I mean, that, that's just the nature of what we have kids that have and kids that don't have. And at the end of the day, um, it's kind of helped me along the way to become who I am as a coach. I'm trying to keep up with myself here, so let me keep going. All right, so, all right, appreciate it. All right, so I'm going to go ahead. Um, kind of went through my teams here. In general, started off 14-14, like I said, 7-9. and nine. The next year, I had this kid, left-handed shooter, shot every time he touched it. Coach, you would have hated him. It didn't matter where he was at on the court, he was pulling. And his dad was like, shoot it! And I remember telling him one time, I'm like, I don't come to you and tell you to put more salt on the fries. You don't need to tell me how to coach. You're coaching your kids from the stands. He's hearing two voices. Like, and, and it was the toughest thing to get around. Third year, we went 3-21. and 21, And that's kind of where I hit rock bottom. I, um, I was like, what am I doing? Because like I said, I never really lost. I had a couple teams where I went 500 before then, but I never really lost. Next season, we go 9-14, and 14, but... Um, was it that year? I want to say it was that year. Um, the kids started to understand. The next year, this kid right here, his dad used to help me coach. And he said, he comes to me before the season. He says, coach, um, you played for a state championship this year? I was like, coach, I don't have the players. So once again, not to disagree with you guys, but I will tell you this. Sometimes, and this is where I definitely agree with you, you get that kid that comes in. And that's what I was trying to share with you guys in the back. This kid comes in. And we went over to Southeast Guilford to practice, um, to scrimmage during the summer. And he was that dude. So we had been scrimmaging. 
this other kid coming to me, he's like, Terrell wants to come and he wants to play with you during the summer. He's coming out of eighth grade. Um, I said, okay, well, he's coming to Southwest, right? Yeah, he's coming to Southwest. Um, I ended up calling Andrew's coach at the time. I said, you know anything about these kids? He's like, I don't care. You can take them. I was like, okay. But when we were playing in the scrimmage, I, I waited for most of the scrimmage. I put him in for a couple of minutes and I took him out after about three or four minutes. I saw, he's like, coach, what's wrong? I said, I saw, I need to see. I said, son, you have a chance to be special and we can change the culture here based off of you and your ability if you're willing to lead and I have to grow you into it. Now it's funny because that year he was playing some type of Pop Warner. They went to the ESPN thing in Florida and he just got his head knocked off by um, um, Irvin's nephew and then he quit football. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'll have him in one piece. But he understood how to play the game. I always tell people all the time, we need like a basketball IEP. We should get like extended time in the lane, additional shots, something like that. Because I had some of the dumbest kids that ever put on shorts. I was just like, it doesn't make any sense for y'all not to know nothing. You, you act like you know everything, but I can't tell you anything and you know everything. So long story short, he shows up. And as a freshman, I tried to convince him. He averaged about eight as a, as a freshman, as a sophomore. And I also had this kid right here he was a um, really skinny kid, and his dad was the one that told me that. His dad was really tough on him. He'd be doing all these push-ups and all this stuff, and I wish I could show you close up the picture between this one and on the next slide, the first picture, but he committed, and the kids followed him. So this particular year, this kid had gone from being a little scrawny freshman to um, a kid that you could just tell he worked out as a senior, and he, even though we only won 11 games and lost in the first round in this picture, um, he started to change the culture also. So we go to Andrews, actually, by chance. And Coach Abel is a different kind of guy if you've ever met him. And um, he just liked to pound you. Um, the year before, we were down 50 to 16 at halftime. Coach Abel, um, I, I, in the third quarter, I waved the white flag. I put in all my subs. He subbed his starters back in and started pressing me. And I stand up, I'm like, really, Coach? It's like that? What, coach? What are you talking about? Oh, okay, I got you. So, and I'm going to go through this in a couple of minutes. He became my target. Like, I, I felt like, um, and we'll talk about radius in a minute. I had, to, I had to target somebody. I had to get my kids to understand. The kids would, well, I mean, I, I don't know how y'all's kids are, but my kids see some of the other schools like they're rock stars. They're, they're celebrities. Like, we played them, and the game was over before we started. We just can't beat Dudley. No, we're playing things for a day. Whoever it is in your area, I'm assuming that you guys got people like that. That's how it was for me. So um, we go over to Andrews, and he puts us against his JV, 8 o'clock morning, back in the back gym. And it's hot and whatever like that. And Coach Abel comes in. We're up 50. He couldn't believe it. So he starts coaching. I was like, that's what I want. So he went and changed the schedule that day and put us against him. He put us in the hot gym first and made us play back-to-back to, back to play against him. And I was like, that's the way I want it. So we go into the season in this year here, and he comes up, we go to Andrews, and he gives me a bottle of water. I was like, man, I'm not drinking that. I don't know what you did to that. We're laughing about it and whatever like that. But we ended up pulling up the game in overtime by three. And then a couple of weeks later, we go to Southwest, and we beat him by 30, 27. And he's like, nobody's ever beat me like that. I was like, yeah, it's the first time for everything. <laughs> and I, but I knew my kids had kind of turned the corner and it kind of happened here and to coach's point I lost a kid that year um, I had a kid that was my point guard 
pretty good player. He and the other kid, the real Apple, the kid Terrell, came in the same year. And I think if I would have been able to keep them, we would have been pretty good for a while because they were both young, whatever like that. But I, I'll never forget, we're in the playoffs against Grimsley. We had already beat Grimsley in the preseason in a scrimmage by like 40 or 50 points. So my kids just think they're just going to show up and win. And coach had them ready. And they were ready for everything we did. And at halftime, my point guard's trying to do all this stuff. He's looking in the stands. I lost it. I lost it, and I lost that kid. I mean, he's crying uncontrollably coming out of the locker room. And it kind of taught me a lesson. And I had a guy that you probably know, Coach, Ronnie Arnold. Ronnie Arnold used to come and help me with my, my program. He coached my JV for a year, and he's, all, he's just been a great friend and a mentor to me. And Ronnie said, Coach, you got good kids. You better learn how to have a relationship with them, and you can't coach them into the ground. Now, if you keep beating them upside the head, you'll lose. You'll have, he said his great, one of his best teams, he almost lost them because he, he could not compliment them. He knew how good they could be, so his intentions were good, but he could not compliment them to save his life, and um, they just wilted. And then he, I mean, he was sharing that with me, and I was like, that makes sense, Coach. So after that kid lost, the next year, we went 10, uh, 19 and 10, lost in the second round. We finished third in the conference. Most talented team I've had since I've been at Southwest. 6'9 six, inside, 6'6, six, 6'5, six, six, five, six, five coming off the bench. Had my kid Terrell. Um, he's now a junior. He went from eight points his freshman year to 18 his sophomore year, 22 his junior year. Seven games in, he comes down as like coach. And that, that was the story I was telling. Night before we played, Andrews, once again, argued, um, the, the kids just weren't playing hard. So I pushed the bleachers in. We had just got this brand new gym. And I, I, I said, we're going to run until I get tired. We ran for an hour and a half straight. And he came to me later. He's like, coach, my knee is hurting. I didn't think nothing about it. And we were playing in a little Christmas, pre-Christmas tournament. And he's, um, I, I'd been telling him, we need to get you checked out. And he didn't want to go because he was afraid what the doctor was going to tell him. A piece of his bone had broken off in his knee. It was rubbing up against nerves. Something I had never heard of. I don't remember what the doctor called it. But he missed the rest of his junior year. And in, in retrospect, it was a blessing because he comes to me about halfway through the season. One of my kids that year, just to tell you how selfish they were, he said, if Terrell comes back, is he going to start? I was like, you got to be kidding me. But that's the kind of team they were. Well, he comes back this senior, and over that summer, he says, I got it, coach. I, I understand now. He says, um, um, I see what you're talking about. I was like, what are you talking about, Terrell? So he starts breaking stuff down. He's like, I see this with the team, whatever, like this. So my first speech the next year, we go 27-1. and one. Um, Total opposite in talent, but they were the best team I coached. Probably including my state championship team from last year, because whatever I told them, they did. So my very first speech was, I said, all right, Terrell is the first option. If Terrell is the second option. If he jumps in the air and passes it to you, pass it back to him. He's the third option. And I said, I'm just playing with you, but you guys have to understand, this kid is an extraordinary kid. Now, you have to understand, Terrell, when you get home, I probably should have put some of it on here, but I knew I wouldn't have time. Um, I made a film for a little short film. It's short, it's 12 minutes long. I, I think it'd be fairly entertaining. Um, he's probably 5'11", 6 feet, but he has like a 43, 44-inch vertical jump. He dunked, he had 65 dunks his senior year. He scored 839 points his senior year. He averaged 30. The rest of my team averaged 54. We averaged 84 points a game that year. 
And I'll talk to you about that in a second. The next year we went nine and seven. I had this kid. He was kind of selfish. Every year, even if you don't appoint him like I did, you're going to have a kid that's the leader. They're going to lead them good or they're going to lead them bad, but they're going to lead them in some kind of way. They might not even say much, but they'll be the hardest worker or they'll be the most slack person that's always getting in trouble. You're going to have a leader. It's going to happen some kind of way. And it might not be the way you want to do. Next year, I go 20 and 5. I had a kid on this team. He was one of the Langley brothers. Oh, he's the oldest one. And that particular year, um, Clay Thompson scores 37 points in the quarter. And this is the type of kid he is. I said, KJ, um, could Clay have done that on your team? Like, heck no. How am I going to get my buckets? And that's just the type of kid that, I mean, I, I'm just very honest with my kids, and I'm very straightforward. This year, we went 27 and 3. We had turned the corner. But then the, his twin brothers show up. He graduates. I have one in between, Cameron, who's now the starting point guard at AT, and Cam was that guy that just died. Cam changed our culture. Cam watched film. First time we're looking at crossover, Cam comes in. He says, Coach, have you loaded the film? He said, Yes, but it hasn't come back yet. Next morning, I said, Yeah, Cam, the film's up there. He's like, I know I, I already watched it twice. I was like, You watched what twice? He says, I watched the film twice. I was like, yeah, you're watching the highlights, right? He's like, no, I got to see what I do wrong so I can get better. I was like, <laughs> somebody finally gets it. Uh, and so by Christmas time, as a freshman, he had everybody in groups of two or three watching film. And you're going to understand when you get to my general philosophy, which led to the state championship. This year, we went 20 and 8, and I hated my team. Good kids. I just didn't like them. They, they just, it was a lot of side pieces. You have to understand something. We graduated three seniors, two of them were starters. On the state championship team, I started three sophomores and had a sophomore first guy off the bench. Um, two of those sophomores transferred to a private school, and one of them died in a car accident last October. And he was my best team. Wofford was already looking at him, and the D1s were starting to look. So I lose one, two, and three. But my guys coming back, they're now one, two, and three, and they're all telling me they're D1. I'm sure you guys have heard it. And it kind of kills you, and I've taken way too long on this, but I'm just trying to prove the point that it is kind of a process, and the talent definitely, like Coach is saying, helps you along the way, but I had to be willing to bend and turn a little bit. Not my, and it's not so much that I changed who I am, but I kind of did a couple of things that I want to talk to you about. All right, so I heard this in church, and my church is a fairly decent-sized church, maybe 1,200 members, and they talked about this, and I was like, I'm going to use that. And I was like, this is perfect time. So we're going to talk about beyond the horizon. And I'm a little different. You're going to find out. So if you disagree with everything, that's cool. I will tell you, Coach said it. Coach said it. Please go to some clinics. My AD used to encourage me to go. And I was like, why do I need to go to the clinic? And then I went. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is pretty cool. And um, I'll show you where I got some of this stuff from and what started helping me turn the corner personally. So we're going to look beyond the horizon. Let me skip here. We're going to look beyond the horizon. So that's way out the fact. In other words, you don't set your GPS. Um, you don't like take off going and then set your GPS. You set your GPS to where you want to go and what you want to look for, and then you start taking the steps to get there. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about. So beyond the horizon is way out here in the abyss somewhere. Then the background is kind of back here. You can see some little trees or something back here. You have mid-ground, and then the foreground is kind of where we're at now. So this is kind of maybe within five years. This is probably one to three, maybe this is three to five, this is one to three, and this is within a year. So I'm gonna kind of talk in, in steps. So I broke it down into mission, mission, which is more of the background. Beyond the, 
beyond the horizon. Where do we want to go? Mid-ground, what do we want to achieve in our vision? And then foreground, the goals and objectives. So I threw a lot of things together. And like I said, I'm going fast. You have all of this in your package, so you can go back to it. But you got to create a philosophy. So I'm talking to Coach Hurley, Bob Hurley Senior. I go down to TPG, where I met Marquis. And um, we're, um, he's talking to me. He walks up to me. He's like, hi, coach. I go and introduce myself. I'm like the little kid in the candy store. Like, this is the winningest coach in the country. So I'm like, I'm going to get all the knowledge I can. I shake his hand. He says, what's your philosophy? And if you know Coach Hurley, he's very much a straight shooter. Uh, he's going to talk to you. And the great thing about that man is I introduced myself one time. And I'm horrible with names. Next time he saw me, he knew me by name. How you doing, coach? We talked. And I mean, he acted like he knew me forever. Very down-to-earth guy. But he said, what's your philosophy? And I started trying to make something up. He's like, all right, not good enough. Said in four or five words, you should be able to tell me what your philosophy is. He said, if your kids don't know what you want, if you don't know what you want, how are your kids going to know what you want? How are they going to do it hard if they don't know what it is? So I kind of went at it. So I created a philosophy, started to develop it, had to learn it so that I could teach them, and then train your philosophy and then share your philosophy. And that's a lot of the reason why I'm so glad Coach invited me today, because I want to share. All right, and then saturation, what are we going to take and what are we going to do from the inside out? So my basic philosophy came down to conditioning, skills, and knowledge. To me, conditioning is easy. You run enough, you lift enough, you get in shape. Skills, fairly easy. You do the same thing over and over. You get good at them, preaches the habit. I even do this in my class. I teach business classes. That's where I'm kind of a strange mix of a coach. But it worked for me. I worked for Bank of America for almost nine years, and I did a lot of different jobs there. Um, some of them I liked, some not so much. But the knowledge is the challenge. So I started looking local. I was like, who does well? And at that time in our area, when I started here at Southwest, it was Dudley and Greensboro Day. And they had a lot of differences. But a couple things I found in common they had big coaching staffs. They did a lot during the summer. That is my secret sauce. So probably for the last eight, nine years, 10 years, we play a lot during the summer. Last summer, I overdid it. We played 40 games in three weeks. And I did it like that because kids were complaining. I got to go on this vacation. I got to do that. And I kept being pissed off about it. Because like, we're playing games. You should like that. And I know we need to work. So we work in the morning, and then we try to go somewhere in the evening. Um, doesn't always work. And I probably overdid it last year. So I cut back this year. So we'll only be 30. But my point is, is that became, you see, I started finding out when people cook popcorn and they hear pom-poms, who's going to shake? I need to know that now. Not in November. I want to know now. So I started putting my strategy, and you'll see it in a second, where I, um, where I did that. And the knowledge was just a big thing. So I said, develop a, a vision. You can read that on your own. We'll go back. And eventually, what I said is I want to shoot big. I knew we were at Southwest Guilford, but I wanted to be the best program, best team in the state of North Carolina. Might have been a little lofty, but it gave me something to shoot for. And the kid, it was probably four or five years before I believed it myself. But eventually, it got to the point where they started to believe it. Make sure I didn't miss, miss, miss anything. All right, so um, people follow the leader. They're going to just follow what you do, not necessarily what you say. Um, character counts. Adversity doesn't build uh, or doesn't build character, it reveals it. When you go through stuff, that's when you're going to find I mean, this has been a tough year for me. Um, I lost a player. I lost an uncle, like back to back. Um, so we won the championship. I was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, just a whole bunch of stuff happened. And that's when I kind of found out who I was. You know, when you're, everything's rosy, you don't know. So when you're going through the struggle, you're going to kind of find out what you're made of. When you're in a game and it's tight, you're going to find out what you're made of. 
Either you're going to push the right buttons or you're not. But if you don't, I think that was great what Coach did. I, I do the same thing. I use that clock, everything. We were blessed. When I first got to Southwest, we had one gym. We now have three, which is amazing. But at the end of the day, we would do situations. So many seconds left, what are you going to do? And sometimes I would coach you through it, and sometimes I was like, I'm just going to find out what you do. We can correct from there. I even coach them how to talk to the media. So we'll get up, and I'll take the fake mic. Hey, you just scored 29 points and had 12 rebounds. And I've had them say, you know, son, you know what I'm saying? You know, I just was feeling it that night. Or I've had them say, you know, my teammates did this. And then we try to coach them on it because we're going to be in those situations, hopefully. And we want to not embarrass the whole program and their parents and everybody else. Um, develop trust. And that's the thing where I, I, at first, I was very tight. And now I just made a box. I said, stay somewhere in the box and we'll be okay. So um, where I kind of agree and don't agree with you guys, and you'll see a little bit further, um, I am huge on taking good shots. And I agree wholeheartedly with Coach said. And this is what I said a few minutes ago. You're going to be an All-American if you can hit from the bench. You keep taking those bad shots, you are not going to shoot. I will allow some shots, but you got to give me something. And there's got to be some kind of discipline. A lot of times when you say you felt it, you felt gas. You, you shouldn't have took that shot, but yet you're going to go up and take the shot anyway just because you felt it? Uh-uh. And, and Coach is, is definitely right. They should be able to hit these shots in practice. Don't go practice something that you can't do regularly. All right? Um, encourage. Believe in what you say and what you do, and then other people will buy into it. Your team's going to take on some of your persona, and that's kind of what's happened in my case. Um, you got to believe that you can be successful at a high level. Recruit. I'm going to keep If you fit, my roommate's mother used to say this all the time. Fail to plan, plan to fail. And I've kind of lived by that, so I, I've tried to get better at that over the years. Um, a lot of players won't develop anymore. I'm trying to do it, but it's hard because I've got a kid right now. He plays football. He plays travel ball. He tries to play the summer for me. Then he goes back to football, and he shows up in December. So he doesn't give me much time, and I think a lot of your season is built in the preseason. And it's hard because I'm all believing in sharing kids, but eventually, if you don't know what I want, it's going to be very difficult to perform and do what I'm asking you to do. I'm not talking about not playing the other sports. I'm saying we got to get on the same page, and you're going to have to do a little extra. And a lot of kids aren't willing to do it, and the parents aren't doing it, and then spend some time off the floor. So came up with this. My basic team philosophy, um, beast. First one is buckets. We play really hard. I agree with Coach. We play very fast on both ends. We don't always press, but we pretty much all the time pressure. Um, and that, in my opinion, there's a difference. So a lot of times if we play some of the local teams, they have just as good or better athletes than we do. So we'll wait for them to call to half court, and you're not going to run your stuff. And, Coach, I'm 100% on you with this one. I scout teams to find personnel and tendencies. But my kids, are, I'm telling you, we need the IAP. We're not smart enough to learn your stuff and our stuff. So I'm going to teach as much of my stuff as I can. And if we do basic principles, I don't have to say, hey, there, every once in a while, if somebody's running a flex, I'm going to yell out flex. But in general, you know, I don't care what you're running. I need you on the help side. I need you to pressure the ball. I want you to turn the man. I need all that other kind of stuff like that. I can't overcoach him because it's overload. So I met Anthony Grant, who's not a head coach at Dayton. And he told me he used to coach middle school. I was like, whoa. And he said he was having that bad season. It was right after I won the three games. He said, simplify. I came in. I'm running all. I love sets. I, I love to run. But we can score. Typically, over the last eight, nine years, we scored 60, just under 64% of our points on the break. And I had a coach from Smith tell me, he said, I love to watch your stuff when you ain't playing against it. 
but we're going to pressure you. And I try to turn it into a bucket as fast as I can. So if you stop any of my kids, if we come play you and my kids don't say buckets is the first thing, let me know. What did the hand say to the face? No, I'm just playing. All right, let me keep going. We try to do something in every phase of the game. And we try to score in every phase. I met Coach Lynch. I'm from Wilmington. And Fred Lynch was the coach down there at Lane. And he told me something, and it, it stuck with me. We don't do as many sprints because almost all of our practice is full court. So that's why I had to get creative on my, my stuff. They're still going to run a suicide, run a line drill. I do some stuff. I do wonderful things. My kids, if they ever go online when they go to college, they're going to be ready for them bricks. Because we take up some bricks. I do amazing things with bricks. We do all, I'm real creative at coming up punishment. I get some kind of sick pleasure out of it, but um, that goes back to my high school coach. So um, I do that. But we try to turn, it's one thing to turn somebody over. It's something else to turn them over and to get a score. And so I've started getting them, and, and, and I don't remember which one of you all, it's a mentality to run. You know, um, it, you, you've got to have that mindset. And that's kind of why I back off with some of the sprints, but they get through it. They, they almost beg me for sprints because that would be easier than the stuff I come up with. All right. And then my next thing was effort. So the E is effort. If you don't play for me and Coach Kelly or anybody that's seen me coach, if you don't play hard, it's hard to play for me. Now, I'm going to tell you something about effort in a few minutes, and it ties into the numbers, so I try to quantify it. So I had a kid named Kamen. Um, the year before he won his state championship, he was a senior. And Kamen is one of those, I don't know, you guys don't have to tell me, is effort, is, is energy, is that a skill? Is that a talent? If so, how can you teach it? You know, do they grunt? Do they make a face? I don't know what you do to get effort. So what I started doing is I started quantifying it. So in a few minutes, I'm going to break down what I do. I look at kids, instead of looking at them with their game effort, I look at them by quarters. So I had to start telling Kamen, because everybody, he just has this, this. I, if he was an animal, he'd probably be a sloth, because he just kind of, and everything is just kind of slow and chill. It's not goofy, but that's just the way he is. So I was like, I got to get something. So one day it just hit me. So I said, Kamen, can you get me four points? If I give you enough minutes, can you get me four points and two rebounds in the quarter? Oh, coach, that's easy. So I said, and I said, you know, if you do that, you're gonna be all conference, right? So it's face lit up. And I said, everything after the four points and two rebounds is gravy. If if um, and I said, how many shots is that gonna take? And we break it down like that. By the time we do this, we do this every year. By the time we get through doing it, my kid, my point, my team's gonna average 150 points. By one person's gonna average 27, one's gonna get this. But I was like, look at my court, and I said, really, who's your opponent? And they look at me crazy. They're like the other team. I said, no. The opponent is your teammates. Are they going to let you get those shots? Are you going to be hungry enough to go get a rebound over them? And it gave them a different way of thinking about it. But when we're looking at it by quarter, it's not like you get a pizza and stick the whole thing in your mouth. You take bites of a slice. So I take it and I look at everything in quarters. And I'm going to talk about it. It's going to skip ahead in a second. But what we do is... If we look at this, in fact, let me skip ahead and find this, and I'll just show you. It'll be easier for me to show you, and I'll come back to this. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying uh, the, the clinic. Again, let me apologize for the audio. I do realize I did the best we could do as far as I even had a professional come in and try to clean it up a little bit with that echo. So I hope you enjoy that. Um, make sure you go over and check out ttubes.com. Um, prices are going up, so uh, we're, we're launching it on a new site, and all kinds of things are going on. So. Um, go over and check that out. 14 day free trial. Um, I, <laughs> once you jump in, you'll, you'll want to stay. I, I guarantee it. The, the community is awesome. Um, 
and then make sure you subscribe and like to, to the podcast. We really do appreciate that. All right, let's get back to the clinic. Come on. All right, so. All right, I said, basically, if we look at this by quarters and we split everything in half, and it's funny, you should do this just to get a kick. I said, if we split everything in half, and everybody has equal time, it works out like a word problem, and everybody has the ball equal time, and everybody has the, the ball, um, you're going to have it in half, I have it in half, and we have 15 seconds per possession. How many minutes are you going to have the ball? Uh, um, my dude, how long is the quarter? If you have it half and they have it half, oh, four! But it's funny, just watch them work through the process, because you have to add to it. But I basically said, if we have 15 per second, seconds per quarter, per minute, and you have a 15, I have a 15, then, of course, you would have 16 possessions in a quarter. And then that turns into four minutes for a quarter of having the ball, two possessions per minute, eight minutes per quarter, 16 per possession, 16 times four is 64. So I said, we're gonna have 64 possessions, all right? I said, I need more than that. So when we won the state championship, we averaged 93 possessions a game. And coach, you'd be proud of us, we shot 50% from the field. We averaged 84 again, and our average margin of win was 25. Um, so we focused a little, and when I came in, it was all, I was like, defense, defense. But we couldn't score. So I started changing my focus a little bit, and all of those stuff started to come together. The other thing that we did here was I was saying, if we had so many shots per quarter, and I gave you so many minutes. See, what it is is the kids want the minutes, but they don't want to be held accountable. So I'm huge into efficiency. You have to have some type of production. So I said, this kid, I did this just last week. He said he wanted to average five a quarter. You want to average 20 for the game. If you look at this, is it realistic to say we're going to get 96 shots to score 70 points? Absolutely not. We've never had a game where we had 96 shots. We might have 96 possessions, but some of those are going to be turnovers. Different things are going to happen, different scenarios where you always didn't get a shot off. So here's our biggest, we keep one stat really, and I'll show you that in a minute, it's points per possession. So I said, look, we want to get so many points, whereas the average person might be getting 16 possessions, and they're scoring 64 points or whatever. What I started looking is, instead of getting 16 points a quarter, I need 21. They're like, coach, we can do this. So you'd hear them on the bench. It gave them something to grasp on. We're going to score 21 points, and you would think five points won't make that much difference, but it's the difference between 64 and 84 when you look at it over the total of the game. But giving it to them in pieces made it very manageable. And then um, all of those other things, and I heard Carolina talk about it, and I was like, that makes sense to me. So if you think about it, I'm talking to Coach Prosser. He says, why is it can't you lead your league and steal the rebound? And I'm sitting there looking crazy. He's like, you get a steal, there is no rebound. You get a rebound, there is no steal. So the only other asterisk to that is to maybe get offensive rebound. So we started focusing on it. And we're not a very big team, but I've got pretty good athletes. And um, I don't know, once again, the rebound thing, it's not like the tallest people always get the rebound. It's the ones that are hungry. So as long as you're moving that ball's in the air, you have a chance. And he said, we used to try to do, I, I throw out all of the extra stuff. Um, he said, we used to try to open like a barn door and all this stuff. He said, I don't care if you read them a story, sing to them, you do whatever. You hit the man, hit it, get it. Because I asked him, I said, Coach, you were at Xavier, how come you were top 10 in the country in rebound? 
He said, you're going to be good at what you practice. Skip Frosted told me. And I, that's my favorite coach I've ever met. Most personable guy you've ever met. But my point, I'm not trying to big time you with the names. Get to know some people. When I finally taught myself into getting a cell phone, I start playing this game. How many contacts I can have? Right now, I looked at last night, I have 984, which sounds crazy, but I'm trying to connect with people to connect people. That's what I do. I told them before, I'm Puff Dad. I'm Dr. Dre. I just try to take stuff from people and make hits. That's what I'm trying to do. So I get stuff from everybody I can. I learn from the kids. I learn from coaches. All of this stuff is beautiful to me. And I might only get, I might come to one of these clinics and only get one little nugget. But by the time I put them all together, it helps me with my philosophy. So I, I've got to try to sell them on philosophy. And I know I'm going to have to speed up because I'm going to run into time. So basically, let me go here. Uh, this is taking me all over the place. All right. So what I started doing is I started trying to plan out each section. And I looked at the sections of the year. And I said, in the spring, we do workouts, we do plyometrics. If you look in the back of a packet, a few years ago when I was at UNCG, um, this, these two teams are lying, um, laying up. And okay, I'm getting ready to stereotype here, but you know the whole white man can't jump? It's not true. I'm watching these two teams, Virginia, they're laying the ball over the rim. And I was like, coach, no, what? He starts laughing. He says, give me your email, and I'm going to send you this workout. And I've developed it some over here, but it's just a combination. If you want to get good at math, we practice math. You want to get good at jumping, practice jumping. So we work on it. We work on it as a skill two to three times a week. We'll do it for six weeks and we stop. Eight weeks the most because it's rough on you. So we'll go in the wrestling room and they take off their shoes. But once again, it promotes together. And they found a way we got a little more athletic. And the stretching is just as important as the jumping. How you land, you'll see it in there. If you have questions, you can call me or email me. I'll talk you through it. And I'll send you, I was talking to Andrew's track coach, good friend of mine. And he, he shared some videos on YouTube. YouTube is my friend. I get all this stuff from different resources. But he showed me all this stuff about how track people prepare. And I think the, um, the sports just overlap all over the place. You can take advantage of it. Like he said about a soccer player, when I used to really why I love soccer players, because they attack the ball. They might not be able to make a layup, but they can attack the ball and get you the ball. So the more you can use those resources, I used to go sit in everybody's practice and I'd watch what they were doing. But during the spring, I'd go watch baseball practice. And Coach might only have one thing he said, but I was trying. Um, so we started there. I wanted to be the best team on my campus. I, I was fighting for that. It gave me a focal point. I'm, I'm competitive, so it's like they were always talking about baseball. I was like, you shut that up. Not that I'm a hater. Maybe I am a little bit, but I, I wanted to be in that conversation. I wanted the kids to come around. The, co the kids used to come up to me, Coach, how many of y'all going to lose by tonight? I was like, I would slap the germs out your mouth. As much as we're working on this, and then you just like kill me, and, and we're starting the same school. I thought you'd cheer for me. And it's funny because then they're like, Coach, we're not coming to your game because you're going to lose anyway. And then it's funny because the last few years, like, Coach, we're not coming to your game. You win by too many points. It's boring. It's like, I can't win for losing. Like, what do y'all want? So, long story short, he's worked on skill development. I start teaching my sets in April and May. Because if I wait, and that's why a lot of times you won't see me with a board on the sideline. If I'm having to draw something up that they've never seen before, my IP doesn't cover that. Like, how are my kids going to know what I just drew up and we didn't work on it in practice? So we're creatures of habit. So we work on these sets. And sometimes during the season, we'll probably go over 30 sets, which is too much. But by now, 
they started digesting. And the best thing happened to me, I heard somebody say this about John Wooden. He said, basically, his teams from the 70s, could, uh, teams from the 50s, if they were able, could probably practice with his teams from the 70s. So I had a kid that played for me 12 years ago, and he came in, and I started talking about this play, and if you have time, I'll go over it, that I call LA. And he's like, Coach, I remember that. And so he drew it on the kid, and he told him what to do, and I was like, whoa. Like, that was just a moment for me. So, because it was consistent, because we did reps. We did the same stuff over and over and over, and some of the stuff our program is built on. So, then in the summer, we do conditioning, we play all of those games, we try to get up skills. Um, I know a lot of people like live shooting. I love the machine because it can get the ball and you can get up a lot of shots. So I opened it up. Um, last year we were blessed and won the state championship. They gave us a little dip. Now, Dr. Dish has been great for me. I'm a walking, talking um, fan of y'all. You're like, I'm a, I'm a raving fan. Now, I don't know about the gun. I've never had one. Um, I'm sure it's great, but I love Dr. Dish because I can control it. I could kind of tell them to do this. And now they've added the app where it keeps up with it for a lifetime. You can go in there and shoot against somebody across the country. If they put their numbers up and you put your numbers up, so it's awesome. Uh, all of the tools you can use to make your job better. Um, I, I talked to um, another coach, he's got two of them. Um, but they help and they work with you. So every time I call Minnesota and I talk to them, they know me by name. They've been awesome for me. But the tools help me get there a little faster. So I can have one kid where I'm working on ball handling, I have somebody at the other end working on the dish, putting up shots, and somebody is counting, and then I'll put two kids on it, and one will pump fake and make a move, and the ball comes out the next one, they pump fake and make a move, and they just keep going, and you get reps up. So I'm huge in that. In the fall, we are preparing for the um, winter, so, and I broke that down in quarters, it's in the packet, and we're doing all this stuff to get ready for a team and building trust. So in a minute, I'm gonna show you where we do some stuff, where I raise money so we can do some team building stuff. And then in the winter, we're still learning, we're still application, we're gameplay, we're set. All of these stuff, they kind of tie in together to kind of develop, which is basketball's become year-round now. So I want to give them something. Um, even if they're doing nothing but watching film, we get that. Um, the other thing that I'm a Raven fan of is crossover. Crossover has been, it, it really ramped up what I was doing. After a game, I would sit there and I'd break down film till about four in the morning. And then I would try to, uh, I'd watch it one, I'd have to do it one time to get it from a DV tape to a CD or DVD. Then I'd have to watch it again to get the stats off of it. Then I'd have to watch it again for the content and tell the kids how I was going to do it. So Crossover took a lot of that and they give great analytics too. So that's what I was talking about. Some um, preparation um, in each one that leads to it. And like I said, it's always a grind. All right. So we had expectations of individuals, teams, players, parents. I'm going to meet with my parents again this week because some of the stuff got arrived. Um, last year, um, I had a parent told me this year that I wasn't loyal to seniors. And I said, you're right, I'm loyal to the team. Like, I'm not gonna have a kid just because you went to school two years ahead of this other kid and sit down because your kid's a senior. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. The year we won the championship, I started three sophomores and I had a sophomore, the first guy off the pitch. And those, the twins, before they transferred, they changed our culture. Those kids were used to winning. Sometimes it takes winners to breed winners. So I mean, it's kind of tough how you get over the hump, but I can tell you if you have consistency, if you have consistency, People are going to want to be there. And you almost have to recruit your own kids to stay. I mean, that, that's just the culture we're in right now because they'll jump up. Um, coach from Virginia Tech told me, Buzz Williams, he said, the grass might be greener on the other side, but it's got to be mowed over there too. And you know what they grow it with. And that's kind of where, where I've been staying with because unfortunately, that's what we're doing. So we have expectations in school. Right now, I'm ashamed to say this, for the first time in years, 
We've only worked out three times this plan because I've got 11 kids that don't have a grade that I'm happy with. You have to have an expectation and then they have to live up to it. And my kids don't do academics, they're not gonna play. And I've already told you, can just, I've already told two parents that stuck playing, um, you don't seem happy. I said, I need five coaches that you wanna go to. They're like colleges, I said, no, high schools. Tell, tell me where you wanna go, I know everybody around here. I'm gonna call them for you. You have my blessing. Go wherever, I'm gonna tell Coach Christman, don't try to block them, nothing like that. If they don't wanna be there, you wanna give them something to be there for. But if they don't wanna be there, bye. Leave. I, I don't need you here tearing down my culture. And I know that sometimes your best players, we had a kid, coach told me about him, um, that came to Trinity. And I think he thought he was just going to walk out because he was an athlete. He's like, I got athletes by the days. You got to know something, son. Now, I didn't even tell him that we had talked, but I knew what was coming. Coach told me the gospel on him, and it worked out just like he said. He could run for days, couldn't make a layup. I mean, he'd get your extra rebounds. That's about all he could do. He's a good athlete, looked like he'd never played basketball. Love the kid, great kid. Just wanted that much of a ball player and didn't want to take the time to become a better basketball player to see the football guy. I understand it, great, do your thing. Um, expectation, like we have a board. Um, so we raise money with our board to try to um, help our program and then college expectation. So I've done some stuff with some spreadsheets to try to help me get, to get them and that'll come up, that's in your packet too. Goals and objectives, don't confuse them, goals or where you're trying to go, objectives are the things that get you there. They're like the mile markers that get you to that. So it'll go into details. You go into that, I'm trying to skip ahead because I know I'm going to run into time. But these objectives lead to your goal. And they should be measurable. And that's what I was talking about, about your numbers. So I'm skipping through some of this so we can get to this. Define your rating. So I want it to be the best program in my school. Then I want it to be the, better, the best team in high school. And so I keep up, my assistant keeps up with all of the numbers. So last time we lost the Ragsdale, last time we lost the Central, how we do against whoever in our area. That was just something, it gave my team something to reach out for. Um, best team in the county, how many times we could win the conference. Now, now it's the expectation. And, and I didn't understand championship hangover until this year. My kids showed up like, yeah, we went to Southwest. You did. Just go ahead, we can just email this thing in. That's, that was their mentality this year. They thought we could just show up. It still worked. It's the stuff that took us to get here. And then I started challenging the district. So during the summer, I would go to Raleigh. Last year, we went to Jacksonville. I go down to Charlotte. I wanted to see teams. It helped me with two things. I got to get my eyes on people that we might play down the road. And I got to get out of the area and play and see some different styles, get my kids used to playing for people. The other thing I did in the school, I started bringing back former players. And when my players could play against grown men, I knew they wouldn't have as much problem with it. Because I think there's a challenge on how you challenge your kids. And so I don't know how you guys feel about this. In practice, I've done it every kind of way. I've tried to put my starting five and my next five. I've tried to split them up evenly. But a lot of times my practices go bad, not so much because they were just bad players, but because of a lack of knowledge. Usually my starting five was my starting five because they knew the most. Sometimes they were the most talented, and a lot of times they were the most talented and knew the most. And if you look in the NBA, which I don't watch a lot of, but that's who's left. The smartest teams are left. Not only the best athletes, but those guys know basketball. I was reading this morning where they were saying LeBron James was telling Toronto what they were going to run. He was telling Patrick Patterson, no, you should be over there. You're going to set a pin down for him. And then they wonder why they call it LeBron Anyway, all right. And then I could uh, focus on the state. So I set the state, and then I started chopping wood to build up to it, if that makes sense. 
All right, so um, results won't be consistent um, if we don't say and do the same thing. And then information has to lead to application. So I can't give them all this inf um, information, not use it. I told you run all those sets. Some of them are the ones I draw up in the last second, but we've already gone over it. I'm just trying to refresh your memory. When the, when the year one went three, three games, I'm not gonna draw this play. I knew it was bad when the kid I drew it up for went to the wrong spot. I said, I drew it up for you. How can you go to the wrong spot? I gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. And of course we lost the game. It was only one of three wins. But at the end of the day, I started realizing maybe it's not that they're bad listeners. Maybe I'm a bad teacher. So sometimes you have to challenge yourself. I mean, and that's where I had to go back to and start over again. But I'm like coach. I don't think you should start over every year. So eventually, your system will kind of win out if, if they buy into the process. All right. Um, this is where I was talking about. We go down to Piney Lake. UNCG had some stuff. It cost about $40 a kid. And we went to Piney Lake. And this is actually, I'm a totally up. The height, I'm 6'6". Six, six. This is about as high as I want to be. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like other stuff. But this is me and my assistant. And we had to walk across here. It's about 20, 25 feet off the ground. So we were working on trucks. And we'd walk across here and you see we fell. We had to walk across the beam and then cross by each other and go to the other side. So you're hooked into a harness. The kids are down here laughing or whatever. And you see my face afterwards, if you could see it up close. I was just happy to be back on the ground. And I'm glad I didn't fall to get back to, to the ground. But that, that um, served a lot of papers. Here, at one point, they kicked me out of the room and they just wanted to do some stuff. And then they gave me a sheet afterwards to kind of say, this is what we thought. So it's amazing perception and reality, how sometimes they're really different. I was thinking I was getting through to them and telling this, and they're like, coach, you just talk too much. I mean, I could take it just harshly and run them, or some of it I had, to, I had to digest and try to do something with it because just talking to them didn't work. So I was just talking to my assistant about this the other day because I've really worked on that. And I was like, at the end of the season this year, you were talking to me. You were it's not that they didn't understand. They just didn't agree. That's why they didn't run the set, right? <laughs> they didn't agree what we're doing. What they wanted to do is break the set down and take their man. You don't know how many times I've talked to a kid and they say they got a mismatch. Like, bro, if you were that good, I'll stand out of the way and let you go, but you're not that good. All right, so I'm not trying to just bash them. And then we talked about the numbers. I talked about possession. I was talking about how many shots we take. I do this with shots and rebounds and some of the other stats. If you can put those stats together and you can give it to an important. Now, I might not say, and I'll tell you the other half of this. You notice I put these as position. So I, I, I had a, a kid last year. His mother told me he should play the whole game. He's playing like 22 minutes a game. I said, ma'am, how many should he play? She said, all of them. And if you play the way we play and you can play all the minutes, you're in pretty good shape and you're pretty darn good. So I started looking, there's eight minutes, how are we gonna split this up? And I tell them, if you wanna play more minutes, steal some from another position. If you can play multiple positions, that makes you more valuable. So if you want those minutes, then I can slide you to the two. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but I played all five spots in high school. Um, so I was able to steal minutes and I didn't come off the floor. And my coach asked me if I had a brother when I grew up because he loved whatever he told me. I mean, I grew up, my dad was in the military. You did what you were told, period. Um, you were talking about free throws earlier. My free throw, my team, I got Shaq and whatever the guy is for the Clippers and all them, that's why I have shooting free throws. We're horrible on the line. We would probably want two more range. We could just hit free throws. We did, and you're going to be good ever to work on, so I probably don't work on it enough. And I've tried a lot of things. And it's funny, my best year in college, I shot 93%. 
So it just didn't compute, but I would stay up till three in the morning shooting free throws. So I, I, I've done it. I've done the Steve Nash where we shoot speed free throws and see how many we can hit in a minute. I've done where they shoot 10 and roll. I've done all kinds of stuff just trying to get better at it. So I just keep trying different things. But I'll do this, and then it breaks down. Um, this was a scouting thing that I did just to kind of basically tell them something about them. I do it sometimes, and sometimes I don't. Um, but I really just was trying to get to the numbers and see if they could be realistic with them. Um, this is the points per possession. So my assistant sits on the bench. He tells every play that we run every game and how many times we run it and at the percent, on what percentage is it good. So it accounts for threes, twos, and ones. So that's the points part. And then the turnovers go against the possessions. And of course, the steals and rebounds go to the possession. So it encompasses everything. And then what we found was when we are around one points to possession, we win 93.7% of the time. So that's what we've been pushing. Like, how many times can I get you to get, uh, you want more shots, right? Yeah, I want more shots, get me a rebound. I didn't see you get on the ground up there. I had a kid, the year turned, we went 21 and seven, we finally turned up. I had a kid take 78 charges. He was about six feet, and he's probably 160 pounds soaking wet. He was slow as molasses, but he understood angles. So he would get there, and his job, he didn't shoot a whole lot, he didn't throw, that was his job. So he really bought into it, and we really started pushing these numbers. And last year, and it's crazy, last year we scored right. Even though we, I didn't like the team and everything, we still were, according to Max Preps, like ninth in the state in scoring. Um, but we scored 600 more points the year before. 600. Well, that's, that's what we did because they challenged it. And I had um, four guys averaging double figures and two averaging nine, just over nine, one at seven and a half. But they, um, they, they were competitive. This is what I was telling about grades. I could make Excel sing. So I did put a spinner in it and it changes colors. So anytime it goes to a C, it turns green. If it goes to a D, it turns red. And if it goes to an F, it turns yellow. Give me an alert to say, this now power school helps me some, but I start putting the grades in to figure out their GPA and I can send it to a, um, to a coach and I can alert the parents. Because it's funny, I sat these kids out this semester, the parents didn't. They're like, coach, why aren't y'all in the gym? I was like, because he's not going to be always doing the ball. So I'm like heavy on that, and then I'm trying to help sell them. So I'm using those contracts and trying to get in touch with coaches. Now, you're not, I had six, we lost like 44 points to Cox Mill this year in the second round of the playoffs, and they were a machine. They were huge, they pressured us, and I had not been used to that. But right two weeks after the season, I talked to my guys, and I found out that I have six Division I players. So I asked them, I said, how did three Division I players beat six of y'all? You hear a rat bit the nice. I, I was like, I'm going to challenge you. If you're going to tell me this stuff, then tell me something that I need to hear so I can sell you to a coach. Because these coaches' livelihood depends on it. They're getting all of their salary, or most of it, from coaching basketball. All right? I did this. Coach Flashley came up with this. He did this when they were at UNCG. It's, um, we made it like a license. So he handed out one to each one, and like you have the license to defend. So it's kind of corny, but it, it was just something to kind of give them something. We're very visual. They need to see stuff. So I was trying to give them stuff to do, um, to see. This is that jumping program I was telling you about. This is the shorter version. I gave you the longer one in that little packet. We also did a daily dozen ball handling stuff that we like to do. And uh, Coach Kelly, I think, will attest to this. It's amazing. I get a transfer 
and the kids can't make it through my practice. And I learned that from him. He told me that like 12 years ago about how the kids, they work on dunking, they're working on this other stuff, but they have no stamina because they're not doing push and drills. So every day in our practice, during the beginning of the season, we take 45, 45 to minutes to an hour doing fundamentals. Just can you dribble it? Can you pass it? Can you zigzag? Can you do it under on control? Can you do it speed? Um, all that other kind of stuff. Um, so that was kind of something I picked up on a few years ago. And then I had a couple of sets, and I was trying to hurry up and get within my five minutes. I talked to you about LA, and I'm not sure if you guys will be able to see this. Or did you have Mark Cousins? I forgot to bring mine. It's not a big thing, but I'm like you, Coach. Coach Arnold told me this a long time ago. He said, Coach Newton used to say, Coach Williams said it. He said, if you go inside, don't worry about it. It's not a big thing. If you go inside, four things are going to happen. Three of them are good. I like those odds. Either you're going to score the basket, you're going to score the basket with the crowd, you're going to get fouled and go on the line, or you're going to miss it. So I'm one of those people I'd love to go inside now. Unfortunately, I was watching, I was listening to one of those sports shows in the morning on the way to work, and they said last year during the finals, there were 1,200 points scored between Cleveland and Golden State. Guess how many were scored inside? Somebody back to the basket. 28 points. 28 out of 1,200 points. Now the seven foot, seven foot guy is a stretch four. You know, I'm not taking nothing away from him. Because Kevin Durant, I've never seen nothing like him. I wish I had a Kevin Durant. I've done so I've been two threes and dribble the ball too. But unfortunately, Southwest, you know, if we get somebody 6'5, it's a girl. We usually just don't get those big players that can play. Uh, it's not not because our growth program has been probably more successful than we have. Um, they won the championship back in 2011, and um, they, they've done really well the last few years. But at the end of the day, um, usually somebody transfers in. And I did learn to love guards more because, um, I mean, the game just seems to be dominated by guards now. So I really worked on guard play and guard development. But like my kid that's going to AMT, he was also on my best post up time. So I, 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 let me just tell you, I'll show you this and then make it easy. I've shown this at the last one. I'm not sure if I, you can see it. So my point guard is here. I've got a two and a three. It's a traditional three out, two in. But almost every set I run, I'm going to try to manipulate what you do. That's why I love Brad Stevens. I'm kind of studying him right now. But um, there's always going to be two actions going on pretty much at one time. So I'm going to try to manipulate you. So he'll pass it here, and then he'll go corner. So now one is here. Just be faster than me do it. One is here, I'll flash five. So now one is in there, four is in there one on one. And then we'll swing, swing, and then he moves and moves. Now we have a post feed or pick and roll, and then I'll run a double stagger on the weak side. So I have a shooter coming off. Sometimes I'll even rotate my people to the point you're running there, or we'll instead of passing it, we'll dribble and push down so that my shooter's in the corner. And then I'm going to run double stacker. So if you want to sit in the help side, good luck up with the three. And if you want to double up on this guy coming, then we're going to slip somebody in the middle. So I'm going to do everything I can in almost every set I run. And I'm willing to share with you guys um, as much as you want. Because um, we run a lot of stuff. And, and I will tell you this, and I don't know if you guys agree with this. I think high school is probably closer to the NBA than it is to college. College is ridiculous. Um, high school, if you've got a stud, you my coach had a stud. Um, I, mean, I know if you can have him back for 10 years, you take him. I know I'm going to start too. Um, but, but if you can get something to build around, it just takes up a lot easier. 
Now last year, um, even though my kid was not quite as good, he was just really, really good. And then he had his brothers who both had on with Virginia Tech, and then he had a dummy kid that was a college ball player, all on the same team. So we, uh, when we lost to Charlotte Catholic, it is the exception to the rule. He showed me the blueprint. He told me that night after we lost to them um, two, three years ago that we were going to win it the next year. And but they showed me the way because it looked like it being empty. I was like, okay, 24 is very positive. No, no, he only has two. That was 42. I mean, he had 11 guys, and he rotated those guys. His point guard was good, his, point, his big man was big, and those other guys just rotated through. But, so we lose to them that night by three. And he says, Coach, y'all are the best team we played. And they weren't the most talented team. That was the best team we played in, period. If you, we saw him on film, I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do against them? They were running through the screen. You, they don't even teach that anymore. You do everything you can to avoid this when you need to. Those kids, he, uh, Coach King does a great job teaching them running set screens and running through screens. And, and they, they, they run you over a few times, and his whole thing is like they can't talk about all of us all night. But he had another guy. So I was like, we got to come over a team. The week after we lost to them, my kids were like, we got to come to them. I said, I can do that for you. He said, you can go with Coach Black. My kid just going to be the captain this year. I told him he's freshman year, and we just start looking with him. He's been lifting with them. He's going to be a senior this year, every morning at 7. So we went to Wake, and we got better. We did dry metrics. We did all that little stuff. In August, we went to Wake, those guys came. I did, I did the gym, they did Wake. So by that time, they had been built. And they moved in to get stronger, because we got beat up that day. And those kids were crying, and they said that was their motivation. So it's kind of a building thing, and that's that was my whole point. When they have something, some type of philosophy, and you can tell them something and hang their hat on. Like, coach wants me to do this. I mean, sometimes I thought I was being clear, but they had no idea. So I tried to clarify for them. I tried to tell them, this is exactly what I want. I'm going to give you this much time. I need you to get me so many points, so many rebounds. I want you to do this when you're around school. I want to do this, extra. But the, the more specific I was, then the kid could come back to me and say, coach, I did this. And I told him, hold me accountable. I don't want to be a liar. I want you to trust me. So I'm not going to scream at you now, I'm just like you, Coach Tommy. I lost, almost lost that kid, and I was just like, I'm going to get better. But I was not saying that to you in this situation. So a lot of times, now they walk by me, and I say that to them, and I coach. And I, I don't mind talking to them, but I was like, I've already told you what to do. All you have to do at this point is do what you do. I give you some food. You, you can take these shots and stuff like that, but, I mean, because we just took the shoot this year. We worked on it. We were just bad. And the problem was my shooter was one JV. But I, I, I was trying to be loyal to the senior. And some of my, my 10th graders were better. My sophomore class was better than my senior class, point blank, period. I could have cut all my seniors. We were probably going to be better um, But I was trying to give him that chance. And, and I was like, that's what I'm going to tell him this week. Like, here's how I feel. You guys can tell me how we feel. We'll negotiate someone with someone who's not negotiable. This is what you have to do. But I've got expectations that I expect you to meet. And hopefully, um, uh, if you have anything to say, you tell me. And ultimately, I'm one of my rules, and I know I've got, I'm done, but um, I've never let them talk to me before a game, and I've never let them talk to me right after a game. Because parents are going to stop you and try to ask you. And I don't tell, I, I was like, when you're at McDonald's, you're going to be someone who's not tell you how much you're on. I don't need you to come here to tell me this. And I've already told you this, but at the end of the day, Give me some time, you cool off, I cool off, and then I'll talk to you. And really, I can talk about parenting. It's, 
due to the culture now, it's a little more than before. My agent does a pretty good job of, of stopping it. But in general, I've already been, I've already told you, like you're, you're gonna come talk to me about playing time. I'm not gonna talk to you about playing time. I'm not gonna talk to you about play strong. Now if you have this great play, if you want to talk to me tonight during the summer, if you have this great play, you want to see me out, wonderful. But those two are not, so what else do you have to talk to me about? If I'm doing something bad for you, then me. But besides that, No, you don't want to hear this, but I pretty much don't want to hear what you got to say. And that, that's just the way I am. I'm, that's my old school part. Like, you know, I'm coming up here. When you're asleep at 3.31, I'm almost looking at stuff trying to make us better. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoyed that as much as, uh, as I did listening to it. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at steve at um, And I'm here to help in any way that I can. Um, and then, uh, you know, hey, you know, the season, you can kind of see it. It's off there in the horizon a little bit. Um, so we're all revving up for it. So uh, have a great uh, start to the school year. If you're a teacher and if you're not, uh, have a great start to the fall. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.